The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones, when taking their lamps, brought no oil with them, but the wise brought flasks of oil with their lamps. Since the bridegroom was long delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise ones replied, No, for there may not be enough for us and you. Go instead to the merchants and buy some for yourselves. While they went off to buy it, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went into the wedding feast with him. Then the door was locked. Afterwards, the other virgins came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he said in reply, Amen, I say to you, I do not know you. Therefore, stay awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I'd like you to imagine with me that a bride asks you to be one of her bridesmaids. All right, dudes, just play along with me, okay? Follow along. Uh, but she asks you to be a bridesmaid, and then she calls you up and says, where are you? We're at the salon. We're getting our nails done and our hair done. Where are you at? And you say, oh, is that today? Oh, Sorry. Um, okay, listen, I'm on my way, yeah, but I never had a chance to get that bridesmaid's dress. Do you think I could borrow one from one of the other bridesmaids? And what would that say? <laughs> You're a fool. You don't know how this whole wedding thing works, right? But it'd also say you don't care. Customs in the day of Jesus for weddings were a little bit different. A couple would get betrothed, which means they were committed to being married. The bride would remain in her parents' home preparing for the day when her bridegroom would come, whenever he came. It was a surprise. It might even be delayed. But when he came for her, he then led her and the whole town back to his house where he had prepared a week-long party, I mean a feast, and they would then later consummate the marriage, and she would from that point forward live with him there happily ever after. So the bridesmaids, the virgins, would have lit their lamps, and they would have lit the way on this procession back to his house and back to the party. So again, you didn't know when he was coming. He might be delayed. To bring a little bit of extra oil with you, this was just common sense. See, the kind of wisdom that Jesus is talking about and that the scriptures talk about is not like deep philosophical wisdom, like some guru oh, out there somewhere. It's not just simply about being smart and knowing a lot of stuff. 
I mean, we know a lot of stuff, don't we? We have more information and knowledge today than ever before, and it's all right here at our fingertips now. I mean, we've got smartphones, and we've got smart TVs. We've even got smart refrigerators. We're so smart. But are we always wise? Biblical wisdom is something more like what we might call common sense, that you understand how things really are, and you know the right thing to do. And layered on top of that, this word also means something like being thoughtful. We might call it today being intentional. I mean, if somebody does something nice for you, you say, oh, that's so thoughtful of you. It means you value the relationship. You thought about me, and therefore you did this. Before there are wise bridesmaids, there's first of all the wise bridegroom. I mean, he is wisdom. He is the thoughtful one. He's been thinking about and he has been preparing this wedding before the creation of the world. He was thinking about you before the creation of the world. And when he called you in baptism, as he did for little Henry today, he invited Henry, and he's now invited you, to the wedding. When he came the first time, he returned to heaven to prepare his house for the party. And when he returns again, he will lead us in procession to the party, consummate the marriage between God and humanity, and we will live happily ever after. What do you think about that? Sounds great, right? Absolutely. Are you ready? Are you prepared? You see, in order to be ready, you got to get ready. I know we got one. Are there any other Alabama fans in the crowd tonight? Brian, this is for you, buddy. <laughs> the legendary football coach Bear Bryant said this, it's not the will to win that matters, it's the will to prepare to win that matters. Everybody wants to win. How many of you like losing? Nobody. Nobody wants to lose. Everybody wants to win, but not everybody has the will to prepare to win, to do what it takes. Just like everybody wants to go to heaven. We all want to go to heaven. The bridesmaids all wanted to go to the wedding, but only five of them were wise and thoughtful and ready and prepared. I think we all want to be ready. But there are two key questions we have to ask ourselves. Number one, when? When are you going to get ready? That's either going to reveal, well, it's either going to inspire you and you're going to make a plan to get ready, or it's going to reveal that you have no plan. That life for you is like a series of circumstances and events that just kind of float and they come your way, the good and the bad, and it just sort of happens. You really have no plans. And so, well, yeah, you know, and you put things off. You're a procrastinator. In fact, you put the word pro in procrastination, right? I got time. I got time. I'm going to do it last minute. Oh, like the thief on the cross, right? You know, the guy next to Jesus, he got in the last minute. That's my plan. That's my plan. Last minute. I'm just going to slide in right there. Last, do what I want the rest of my life. Unless the door is shut. 
and locked and you're out. Maybe you've heard this phrase, life is what happens while you're busy making other plans. You're so busy doing all this other stuff that what really matters, what life really is all about, you just miss it. You know what, Jesus is what happens when you're busy making other plans. You just miss it, you miss him. And families, my young families, I worry about you so much. I do, hear, hear me from my heart. I worry about you because we're so busy today. We're so busy. You, if you ask people, hey, how are you doing? How are things going? Oh, busy, busy. We're so busy. We are so busy with our kids and with our careers and all the things that we think are going to make life great for them and going to make life great for us. And oh, but we, of course we want them to know God and we want them to go to heaven. And, and so, okay, well, we'll try to fit a little bit of church in here and wedge a little bit of Jesus in over here and there. And, but they get it. Your kids get it. They get what's really important to you and to your family. They understand the priorities, which means they don't get it. They're not prepared, and they're not ready, and you're going to run out of oil. When? Or are you going to just let life happen to you, be busy with everything else? Then you are foolish. You are thoughtless. When are you going to prepare and get ready? When is Jesus going to be the number one priority in your life and then everything else fits in around him? He's the thing in your life and in your family's life. When are we going to get wise? When? When will he rule over absolutely everything in your heart and in your life? If we say, now, now. Then the second question is, how? How do we get ready? How do we get the oil to keep that fire burning, to fuel that fire? Friends, Jesus is the oil. It's a relationship with him. You know why? It's because the ones that didn't have the oil, he said to them, I don't know you. Can you imagine getting to the end of your life and having Jesus say to you, I don't know you. Not, I've never seen you before. What's your name? No. I don't know you. I, we don't have a relationship. We, we don't spend time together. This is the reason why the wise virgins, virgins couldn't give their oil to the foolish ones, because no one can have a relationship with Jesus for you. How do you have that relationship? Friends, we know the ways. It's listening to and reading and praying with the Holy Scriptures. It's receiving the sacrament of Jesus' body and blood frequently. It's confessing our sins it's being surrounded by fellow believers. It's living a life of love and service to him. But those things are not just some kind of checklist, right? Just do these things. Here's your how-to list. Check, check, check. Instant relationship with Jesus. Does any relationship work that way? But it is in all of these ways that he's given to us that we can encounter him. 
if our hearts are open, if we make space in our lives for him, that's, that's how. When we're at church, of course, but, but more than that, every day of our lives. See, Jesus is saying to you and to me this morning, I want to know you. I want to go in here, deep in here. In fact, I want to go into every part of here, every part of your heart, every part of your life. I want to know you, and I want you to know me. Not just know about me, I want you to know me, says Jesus. And that happens every day, day after day. One day at a time. That's how winners win, isn't it? Day after day, one day at a time, plug it away until it's game day. Until it's the day. It's the day that the bridegroom comes. That day, the wedding feast. And he says to you, I know you. I know you. If you want to get ready to meet him, you meet him now. You know him now. And here's the best part, friends. He's ready to meet you right now. Let's just take that to prayer. Open up those hearts to encounter him right now.